John chapter 5, when you find it, you can stand. Respect for God's word. Man, when you, when you find how powerful God's word is, you, you'll be glad to stand. Amen. It's a beautiful, uh, sometimes you got to stand just because everybody else, but sometimes you want to stand. Amen. John chapter 5, we're going to be in verse 1. Of John chapter 5, the Gospel of John. The Bible says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Uh, now, because there was a feast, it was, the, it was a Sabbath day. Amen? Sabbath is just, I mean, Saturday. Any uh, holiday or special day would be a Sabbath day. All right? So there's a feast day, so that means it's automatically it's a Sabbath day. Now, there's at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethsaida, having five porches. That's verse 2. Verse 3. And these lay a great multitude of impotent folk. A great multitude. It's not a few. There's a lot of them. Um, blind, halt, uh, halt, people who maybe have trouble walking, uh, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down in a certain season to the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. I want to preach on a greater hope, a greater hope this morning, amen, a greater hope than the hope we have now. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word and the power thereof, and Lord, uh, Lord, your word is alive. It's quick. Uh, Lord, your word is powerful. Uh, it had all, has already proven that in my life, and Lord, but we're flesh, and we, we uh, cling to this world, but help us, oh God, help your word to break through, to break forth, Lord, like a tidal wave, oh God, across the shoreline. And uh, penetrate to the deepest parts, Lord, where we need it. Father, the hidden parts, Lord, that we don't want other people to see. Lord, even our spouse, we hide from. But Lord, we can't hide anything from you. And what we try to hide, Lord, hurts us most. Lord, I pray that you bring things to light, Lord, to, to our own heart. Let your word purify us, O God, as the water does. Thank you for all you've done for us. Lord, we need help as your people. Lord, we are your creation. And our soul cries out for its creator. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. And our soul does cry out for its creator. And it's starving for its creator. And it's starving for the word of God. And it's starving to talk to its creator. Amen. And uh, don't walk around with a starving soul. This was a Sabbath day here. And uh, Jesus went down to where the pool was called Bethsaida. And there was a great multitude of impotent folk, the Bible says. I don't know how many there were, but there was a lot of them. And uh, you had the uh, uh, impotent folk, you had uh, the blind, the halt, uh, the withered. And there was a man there, the Bible says, that lay in this bed. And Jesus asked him, uh, when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been there a long time, verse 6, he asked him, saying, will thou be made whole? And thank God, Thank God that Jesus comes down to where we're at. Thank God that Jesus comes uh, to our level. Thank God that, and listen, there's no king on this earth. There's no uh, nobody that's higher that will 
come down uh, to somebody else on a lower state. Amen? But Christ does that. God uh, comes down to his creation to try to lift us up and try to bring us out and try to uh, have us go forth. And the Lord came to this man here and said, Wilt thou be made whole? This was ultimately the man's hope that one day he would be able to walk. One day he'll be able to be like everybody else. It doesn't say he was blind, he just uh, was impotent. He was laying in the bed, and he could see everybody walking around. He could see um, uh, people uh, hanging out with others and, and doing things that he couldn't. He physically couldn't do what others could. And I don't know why, I don't know what happened, whether he was born like that or he was just lo- like that a long time. 38 years he was like that. Maybe it was an accident from when he was a little boy. Maybe he was born like that or maybe he had a disease that caused it. And wh- whatever the case may be, that was the state. And, and you know, we can always contemplate whys and, and the what ifs. And that's a dangerous state uh, to be in is the what-if world. What if this happens, and what if this didn't happen? And, and listen, that doesn't do you no good. It doesn't your mind no good. Uh, it, it doesn't change your circumstances to think about what if I wasn't in this circumstance. Now, there's only one that can get you out of any circumstance, truly. And But you know what? The hope for this man, hope is not faith. A lot of people can confuse hope and faith. Uh, people say, you know, I live by faith. Well, tell me how you live by faith. No, we live, most of the time we live by hope, hoping God uh, is, takes care of us, hoping God um, will get us through. And that's hope. But faith is a little different. And this man's hope, uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, but evidence of things not seen, the Bible says. And faith comes when God gives you a direct commandment in your life and you step out on that commandment no matter what. No matter the odds are against you, no matter um, uh, if it even it doesn't make sense. A lot of times faith is foolishness in the world, but you do it anyway because that's when God's going to act. That's when God's going to step in. And the Bible says the just shall live by faith. But this man had a hope because an angel went down and he knew that this angel would come down and touch the pool uh, a certain season. And when that pool water was troubled, the first one there, The very first one there. You had all these impotent people, blind, halt, uh, withered, and you you could see them just surrounding this pool on these five porches, piled up with each other. And I can guess that this man laying in the bed here um, was probably at one point close to the water, right? You could see uh, maybe his hand just hovering against the water, waiting for that ripple to come. The first one to touch it, that person was made whole. It didn't matter who it was, what disease they had, uh, how uh, dire state they were in. The first one to touch that water was made clean, every disease. And this was a real story. And this is what uh, an angel came down in, in Jerusalem here at the pool of Bethsaida. I can picture the fighting. Who is closer to the water. And I can picture, uh, I was thinking about this, I could picture, you know how people are, they get together. You see, no, no, probably no regular people were there, people that were healthy and, and without disease. This was piled up five porches full of these type of people. I could picture the man laying in his bed. Picture that. And, 
his hand over the rim of where the, probably a big old stone pool there, and just hovering against the water. And a blind man comes up to him. Oh, hey, hey, uh, hey, Joel, how you doing today? Who's that? Oh, it's blind Peter. How you doing? Oh, I didn't know you were here in my spot. And then the blind man, I could picture a blind man dragging, getting a hold of that guy's bed and just dragging him all the way to the farthest end of the porch, away from that pool, and fighting for uh, first place around the edges of the water. Why? Because that was their hope. That, it, it was their only hope was to be cured from their physical um, condition. The hope was, why? Because they've seen the angel come sometimes. They've seen the troubling of the water, and they've seen other people healed. And that's where hope lies. When you see something and you're hoping that that's going to happen to you. And we often have some high hopes in our lives, but they're the wrong hopes, I'm going to tell you this. You know, a lot of times we set up our own ladders in our life, hoping to climb the next rung, hoping to get to the next spot. And you know what's on the top of that ladder? Nothing. And you keep on hoping you can get to the next one. And you say, if, if I just get to the next run on the ladder, I'm going to be okay. Because this one, this one is not that great. So I'm going to get to the next one. I'm going to get a bigger house. I'm going to get a better car. I'm going to get better sneakers. I'm going to get this. And I'm going to get that. And as you go and you get higher and higher and higher in your own life, the ladder you set up and the standards you put on yourself and the workload that you are carrying on your own, you're going to find out that at the top is just nothing. And your only hope was to keep on climbing. Now your hope is what? Nothing. And that's when you have hopeless people. Hopeless people in Hollywood. Hopeless people that have, given, have been given everything. Hopeless pe- Listen, there's no hope in this world. You can't find hope out there. Because hope doesn't lie within man's heart. Hope doesn't lie within uh, man's uh, uh, success or the ladders that we put up in our own, uh, or or even for others. No. Hope doesn't lie in this pool of water either. You know, there were some great, uh, I think of Fanny Crosby. Fanny Crosby, great woman of God, who... Uh, we, we just sang one of her hymns, Blessed Assurance. And it was a uh, doctor's, uh, she had an eye problem when she was little, and the doctor, they, they put this uh, mustard in her eyes when she was a little girl and made her permanently blind. But they say that, that um, some surgeries could, could have probably healed her, but she didn't want it. Why? Because she got to see God clearer. Being blind. And she became the woman of God because of her blindness. Helped her not get distracted with the things of this world. And listen, if you're waiting and hoping something's going to come your way to get you out of the situation you're in, you're missing out on what God has you doing now. And you've done set up your own ladder of hope of climbing each one, but when you get to the top, you're going to find that there's, it's all the same. It's just another run of the ladder you have to climb, another workload, another empty hope that you put in your life. There's some, a greater hope, though, here. Let's look at it. A greater hope. 
Jesus said, Would thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. There was always, always that blind man pulling him out of the way. Always the, uh, the one that's withered, bumping him off. Get out of here. He was not able to get around like the other ones. Verse 8, Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And walk. Is it possible? Is it possible that everything we hope for can be settled with just the word of God? With God's commandment in our life. The peace that you long for, the provisions, the protection, everything that fulfills a person in this life can be given by the word of God. Just command it in your life like this, and this shall be done. This man did nothing. This man didn't know Jesus. Jesus came up to him and said, will thou be made whole? And he starts saying why he's not whole, because I'm not the fastest one. Um, I, can't, I can barely move in my bed. And any time I even see that water troubled and I, I even attempt to go that way or roll over there, uh, just somebody goes ahead before me and they walk out clean. Jesus says unto him, rise, rise, rise and take up thy bed and walk. Walk. Let others see the bed that you were in. Let others see... Uh, what I'm going to be doing for you. You rise. Rise now. Your hope has been completed in Christ. Christ comes on the scene. There's nothing else you need. Christ comes on the scene. There's nothing else you need because Christ has come. Christ comes to your heart. Christ comes to your life. That is all you need. The Bible says immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the Sabbath day, and on the same day was the Sabbath. The Bible says immediately, immediately his hope was fulfilled. He was hoping in touching that water, but he didn't need to. Christ touched him. Christ came his way. Listen, everything that you're striving for, everything that you're living for can be answered with Christ. There's nothing more you need. There's nothing more you need to hope for. There's nothing more you need to wait for. In my life, I find that I always want the next run on the ladder. If I can just take one more step up. Lord, I'll, I'll be better off serving you if I can get a little more higher. Lord, I'll be better off provision or money-wise if I can get a little bit more. Lord, I'll be better off if I can just get out of this situation. And you keep on climbing. And you keep on climbing. You wait till you get to the top. And there's nothing there. It's like as if it's a ladder just floating, standing straight up, and you're there climbing it. And your other option is to just go right back down. You ever find yourself down at the lowest spot of your life? Only to maybe start again climbing the same ladder, hoping it leads you to a different place. And then years pass again, and you find yourself down at the bottom. That's the cycle of man. Climbing up, starting over. Climbing up, starting over. But Christ didn't say go and climb. He said walk. Walk. Listen, when Christ comes to your life, he just doesn't heal. He saves. 
He washes your sin away and, and, and takes you and gives you purpose, not on the outside. Even if this man was still uh, crippled, he would have had a new purpose. He would have had a new goal. He would have had a life worth living for even in his condition. But he has something better. Let's go see him. Verse 9, immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the Sabbath day, or on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him that was cured, it is the Sabbath day. It's not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, he, he that made me whole, the same said unto me, take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, what man is that which said unto thee, take up thy bed and walk? They knew who it was. They did nobody walking around healing people. There's an angel that would come and, and touch the waters once in a while, but they knew who it was. They wanted to see if he knew. And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus findeth him in the temple. Jesus went looking for him again. Who is this man? Do you think God doesn't care about you? Can you get so low, hopeless, with nobody in your life, and God doesn't see it? Can you live another day and take another step without Jesus caring? Oh, he cares. He cares. And yes, he cares. And he proves that he cares. And he'll show you he cares if you give him the chance. He'll show you he cares if you want him to. The Bible says, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's no greater love than that a man lays down his life for a friend. Christ is our friend. Christ proved it, and he did it on the cross. He showed us that he cares. The Lord finds him again, this time in the temple. And the Bible says, verse 14, afterward, Jesus finding him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. That, that man that was in his bed, carrying that bed around, now he's getting yelled at by the people around him. You can't be carrying your bed. They didn't look at the miracles. How are you walking around? What is going on in your life? I see such a difference. They're saying, why are you carrying your bed? You have any people like that in your, home, in your family? Or, or they look at all the, they don't look at what's miraculous and glorious that God has been doing in your life. They look at what you're doing wrong. Right? And these are the, the, the people, of it, the leaders of Israel doing that. God forbid that we should do that. You miss out on God's blessing when you're looking at what people are doing wrong. He wasn't doing anything wrong. God told him to do that. God commanded him, take up thy bed and walk. Take up thy bed and walk. Imagine that man, if he acknowledged uh, he was too fearful to think of what people thought of him after he got saved. And he just went there laying in that bed, in that pool. No, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want anybody to know. I'm just going to stay here laying in my bed where I've been here all this time. This is who I am. This is how I was born. Uh, this is my lot in my life. Yes, God has healed me, but I'm going to stay here laying in my dirty old bed. Imagine if that man was just sitting there laying in that bed on that porch. 
You know, a lot of Christians are still laying in that bed. If you're hoping just to get to that next run on that ladder, you're just laying in that bed. If that's all your hope is, is to take the next step in life, you are just laying in that same old bed. I prayed this morning, Lord, get me out of that bed. Get me out. I don't want to be in that bed. That bed, if I remember correctly, Lord, was it, it was the hope that I would get out of it. That's why, Lord, I cried out to you before. That's why, Lord, I, I, I would just wait around, Lord, thinking and, and saying, Lord, if you get me out of this bed, I would do some great things for you. But you know what? I never did. The promises, I, Lord, if you get me out of this bed, I'd be faithful to you in church. I read my Bible every day. I'll do this for you, Lord. Never did. You know what happened? I stayed in that bed. God healed me and I just stayed laying in that bed. And oftentimes as Christians, we just stay laying in that same old bed, fearful of what others would think, fearful of what we would have to give up, when in reality, we're not giving up anything. There is nothing you can hold. Listen, naked, you know I was born naked. Did you know that? true. And when I die, I'm not taking anything with me. What are we giving up a greater hope for? Why'd you even have hope in the beginning? If you look back, you can see that Christ came and fulfilled your hope, passed, surpassed anything you could ever imagine. If you look back, you can see the protection of God. If you look back, you can see all the great things that God has done in your life and why you're still laying in the bed. God, get me out of this bed. He said, rise. Climb, no. Rise and walk. Walk. The first place this man went to was the temple. He knew something got a hold of him. He he didn't know what, but he knew God had came to his life. And he knew he was walking. He didn't care about the Pharisees. He didn't care about the Sadducees. He didn't care about the scribes. He didn't care about what people were thinking. They didn't care either. All he knew that God had done something great in his life. He went right to the temple waiting for God. And God came again. That's right. The Lord Jesus Christ is God. And the Bible says in 14, behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more. Sin no more. Now, I don't know what this man's sin was, but he knows. I don't know what yours is either, but you know when God talks to you. Now, this man knew when Jesus said, sin no more, this man knew what he was talking about. The word of God cuts through into your heart like nothing else does. Letting you know that God cares about you. Letting you know that there is a hope greater than just laying in that bed. That God can get you up. That God can heal the deepest of wounds. That Jesus Christ cares about how you are now. And Jesus Christ cares about your life. And Jesus Christ cares that, and he doesn't want you to go to hell if you're not saved. He cares about you. Cares enough that if you were the only person on this earth, he'd still die for you. The Bible says Jesus died hoping. Jesus said, when I get on that cross... I would draw all men unto me. 
I will draw all men. That's the worst in our eyes to the best. And there are good people in our eyes in hell right now. The Bible says forever and ever. For there is none that doeth good, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And in our eyes, there are some bad people in heaven. Check that out. Why? Because the ones who are in the most dire state laying on a porch, they got up and walked because Jesus cares. And we are no better than anybody else. And Jesus cares about every single person on this planet. Good, bad, fat, skinny, ugly, beautiful, whatever the case, Jesus cares. He said, sin no more. I don't know what his sin was. But when Jesus says that to me, I know what he's talking about. Now, this God's not saying you have to live perfectly from here on out or you're going to get crippled again. No. God is dealing with something one-on-one here with this man. Because there are sins, we're just as dogs bark, sinners sin. And we have sins we don't even have no idea about. But this is something that God is dealing with this man here and trying to take him to where he wants him to be because he cares. The Bible says the kisses of an enemy are deceitful, but faithful are the wounds of a friend. Jesus is faithful, and he'll tell you as a good friend because he wants you to, to move forward. He wants you to live a life for him. He says, sin no more. Let me tell you this, sin will keep you in that bed. I don't care what excuses we have. Sin is sin. I don't care if tomorrow the world uh, accepts another sin. It's still sin. The world does not determine what sin is. It's sin because God says so. That is it. And if the world proclaims uh, there is nothing a sin, you're not free to sin because we answer to God. And you know yourself that your sin is what keeps you in that bed. You know yourself that your secret sin is what troubles you the most. You know yourself that your secret sins that nobody knows about is what makes you feel the most empty of everything. Jesus is saying, sin no more. I'll help you with that too. He said, I care about you. The sin that, what kind of sin that was this guy? He's just laying on the bed in the porch. Oh, he's a sinner. You mean crippled people are sinners? Oh, yes, they are. You mean blind people are sinners? Oh, yes, they are. You mean impotent folk are, are, are sinners? Yes, they are. They got sins just like you and me because they're sinners. We're born sinners. But Jesus, he dealt with their sin. He dealt with this man's sin. Why? Because he cares. And he says this, lest the worst thing come unto thee. What's he saying? This man's hope was to get out that bed. Now he's out. Jesus is telling him, if you don't live for me, if you don't live for God, you did have hope 
But if you don't start living for me, you're going to be hopeless. Because now you're saved. And if you live in sin, what's there to be for your next thing? You have no hope then. You've been disconnected from God. You're going to live in sorrow. You're going to live a life with no peace. Your greatest joy before was hoping you'd be able to touch the water. But now that I came and I saved your soul and you have a place in heaven with me, the worst thing that's going to come upon you is hopelessness. But we got to remember that Christ is our hope. Christ, if you come once again and pull me out. Christ, if you come once again, as you did for me in the beginning. Christ, if you come again and shed your mercy on my life, pull me out, I promise you, I'm not going to climb my ladder. I'm going to walk this time. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to uh, read your word. So I promised that to the Lord before, and I, I, I didn't fulfill the promise. But he always keeps his promises. And he's faithful, the Bible says, and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not only does God say uh, that he'll give you a second chance or a third chance or a fourth chance or a fifth chance or a sixth chance or a seventh chance, but he says, how about seven times 70? How about seven times 70? And I promise you, he doesn't count past the first time. God's a faithful God. Listen, Christian, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is right, that he may have to give. See, God's delivered some people from stealing. He says, now you work hard that you may have to give, right? It's a comparison here. But a lot of people, okay, I used to be a thief, but now I just work. No, God says, you're going to give. You see, not doing what is right is doing what's wrong. Not doing what God wants you to do is still doing what's wrong. Refusing to do what's right is still wrong. You might not be doing wrong directly, but just laying in your bed is still doing what's wrong because God wants you to rise up and do something for him. He's got plans for your life. Jesus didn't just chase this, uh, this man down for no reason again. And I promise you, he's not going to chase you down again for no reason. He's got some high hopes for you. He's got a purpose for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to ask my daughter Kayla to come, and she's going to sing for us. If God spoke through your heart, every head bowed, every eye closed, I want to ask you, people are coming down to the altar now. Come on down and pray if you have to. Maybe you're here and you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You say, I am laying in that bed with my hope that something will change in my life, but I don't know what. Say, Pastor, God spoke to my heart, and I need Christ. I need Christ to come to my life. I'm not going to call you out, but would you just raise your hand? I just want to pray for you.
Say, I need Christ to come in my life. I've been waiting for something, and I don't know what. Say, Pastor, Christ did command me to rise and walk. And I felt him, and I know I got saved. But I never got up. I stayed laying in my bed. But if Christ will come again and chase me down, I want him to. Would you raise your hand? I want Christ to come my way to help me get up, to command, to rise up and walk. And I promise you, if Christ declares it, it shall be done. He'll give you the strength to get up. He'll give you the strength to get moving. For the honor and glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, your life can be a vessel and a channel for the praise and honor of God. To give you purpose again. To give you a greater hope than what this world offers. We are children of God created in His image. The devil doesn't like it. And living day by day, going to work, eating, going to sleep is not enough. There's something better. Say, I'm hopeless. I'm too far from the, from the waters. I'm not able to reach unless somebody comes my way. Friend, Christ has come this morning to your life. And the Bible says, look you right in the eye, call you out by name, command you, rise up and walk. Even if we found the time to Let's all stand. If God spoke to your heart. Come down to the altar. Pray. Ask God to do a work in your life again. God, one more time. Speak, Lord. Speak for thy servant here. Is God able to heal the most broken of lives? Is he able to save the deepest of sinners? He saved me. And I'm no saint. But his blood is just that much more powerful to wash away every sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. The beauty of God's grace upon one life if you'd look up. How can we reach I promise you to rise up and walk. Let God speak in your How life. How can we show them Christ if we never show them love? Let him speak. Just to say we care we'll Quiet your soul. Let him speak. How and whatever he speaks, I promise you it shall be done. He'll give you the strength back in your legs. greater hope. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, oh God, for, for your love, oh Lord, that's shed abroad in our hearts. Lord, help us never, oh God, to dampen out your love.
Father, it's um, without love, oh God, we, we are people that are empty. We're people, Lord, why is there so much depression today, Father, when we're surrounded by people? Why is there so much depression when, Lord, we live in a, a great country and we live in, uh, we have so much, Father, because it's not the answer. We need God. We need your love. We need to turn to you. And Lord, you fill our hearts with your joy, your peace, that nothing else can. And I pray, oh God, that people, if they're de- they have depression today, that they will see that as a, a sign of their soul crying out for God. It's nothing more. It's not a cry out for medication. It's not a cry out for a change in your life. It's a cry out for God. Father, whatever our soul craves, I pray, Lord, let it crave you. And Lord, I know you'll come. You'll chase us down, as you always do. You'll knock on the door of our hearts. And Lord, if there's anyone here that's not saved, I pray for their salvation. And may all of us go out today knowing that you came. We thank you for all you've done. Thank you for your love, your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.